Hello and welcome back to the CC Pro Podcast. I'm Mark and in today's episode we are going to discuss the Bitcoin ETF. It seems like everybody was discussing it, it was rumbling on for months on end and finally it got approved. But in today's episode we're not just going to talk about the impact of price, we're not going to talk about the approval and the chaos at the SEC, we're actually going to talk about how Bitcoin differs from the gold ETF, what the differences are and why over the next five to ten years we may see a migration from the gold ETF into Bitcoin with people waking up to the possibilities of Bitcoin. Make sure you drop a like on Spotify and any feedback we always publish. We've got some great reviews for the podcast and we have even more content planned for this year. But let's jump into the Bitcoin ETF. So as most of you will know by now, the Spot Bitcoin ETF was finally approved on the 11th of January. That's after years and years of fighting between the SEC, issuers and the courts to actually have a Spot Bitcoin ETF approved. Now a Spot Bitcoin ETF is essential because it means whoever issues the ETF has to actually go and buy the physical Bitcoin. Futures ETFs have been around for a couple of years but they don't require anyone to actually own or hold real Bitcoin. It's just a contract based on future price of the asset. Spot Bitcoin ETF requires the underlying asset to be held by the issuer. So basically when people buy shares in the Fidelity ETF for example, Fidelity then at the end of the day have to go and buy Bitcoin to match up that ratio. As the price of Bitcoin rises and falls, so do the share price. But you also have to factor in that when people sell shares in the ETF, they will then have to go and sell that Bitcoin as well. So there's going to be buying and selling pressure all the way through. Now there is a number of reasons why a Bitcoin spot ETF is so important for the industry. Many labelled it as a game changer and that's because it allowed people to be exposed to Bitcoin without having to go on the exchange, pass any KYC and actually go and buy Bitcoin. As many of you know, some of the exchanges are really hard to use. People from the traditional world probably just can't be bothered finding out, learning about it and actually understanding how to buy, hold and most importantly, store their Bitcoin securely. The ETF framework gives them exposure to Bitcoin through a legal framework and it works just like any other stocks and shares that they probably have in their portfolio. One of the big reasons the Spot Bitcoin ETF was anticipated by so many is because it also allows institutions, pension funds, large companies to get exposure to Bitcoin and the underlying issuer has to then go and buy the Bitcoin. So it's a win-win for the industry. Now there is arguments that we don't really want these people in Bitcoin. They're buying Bitcoin just to make money off it, to control it and ultimately to scare retail out or prevent retail actually getting exposure to Bitcoin. Remember, if demand goes the way everybody expects for Bitcoin over the next few years, Bitcoin will eventually reach a million dollars per coin. Now to anyone listening to this podcast that has Bitcoin or is exposed to crypto already, that sounds amazing. However, if you're a retail investor and you only find out about Bitcoin in 10-15 years, you might be too late to the party and then that generational wealth that Bitcoin offers isn't actually available to you at that point because institutions have already gobbled up most of the supply and driven the price so high. That is one of the dangers of institutional adoption of Bitcoin. It actually leaves the majority behind so they can't get exposure to Bitcoin, which is exactly what happens with most other traditional investment assets. 
we've already spoken about in the past about why companies, institutions would want to hold an ETF rather than physical Bitcoin. They don't have to worry about storage. They don't have to worry about hacks, security. And they also don't have to deal with the mechanism of buying and selling Bitcoin as the price fluctuates. They just have exposure to the ETF and then they don't have to worry about it. But one of the big advantages of this ETF is a lot of people can allocate their pension to Bitcoin. And some will do it without even knowing they're doing it. Most people have a pension if they have a traditional job. But ask anyone what that pension is actually invested in and no one will have any clue. They just pay into a pension normally dealt with by a large company like Aviva or someone like that. And then Aviva go and invest your money in whatever they want. You can decide what risk they take, but they have funds that they invest in. So many are predicting that some of these funds are going to expose their pension fund to Bitcoin. So the average man on the street might not even know that Bitcoin is in his pension, but it is through the ETF. And that could drive a lot of buy pressure. We've said before, buying and holding Bitcoin yourself is better than any pension product out there. Because if you believe in the having, supply and demand, and all the implications of having a scarce asset like Bitcoin, you believe that Bitcoin will only ever increase in value over a long-term horizon. So why would you not want your pension to improve and increase year after year? Now, many people compare Bitcoin to gold, and that's because they're both scarce assets. However, the difference with gold is more people can go mine gold. Bitcoin is limited in its supply of 21 million. There will only ever be 21 million Bitcoins created. The more people that mine Bitcoin just forces the cost of mining the Bitcoin through computers higher and higher, making it more and more difficult to mine Bitcoin. So it doesn't speed up the process and it doesn't create any more. It just makes it more expensive to actually mine Bitcoin. In the gold world, if gold went to $3,000 per ounce, it's currently sitting around the $2,000 per ounce mark. If it went up $1,000, more and more people would go and try and mine gold. It would be a more profitable business. More people would flood to mine gold, and that would slowly reduce the price as more supply came online. We don't have that problem with Bitcoin. Issuance is fixed. It comes online as it's mined, and it's set in a specific schedule. Right now, we have about 900 Bitcoin mined per day. And because of the block reward halving every four years, that will reduce by half in April 2024, half again in 2028, and so on and so on. So the supply is always constrained and it gets scarcer and scarcer as more people buy and hold. Now, anyone that understands money, hard assets, understands that gold is an important asset. It's one of the most scarce assets on the planet and it holds its value over time. One of the things I believe is that we will actually see a move from gold ETFs to the Bitcoin ETF. And one of the biggest reasons for that is being able to verify the Bitcoin. If you hold shares in a gold ETF, the ETF issuer has to own physical gold. However, how do you know if you own physical gold? Gold could be masked, it could be wrapped in something, it might not be authentic, and there's no way that people are doing proper audits on gold reserves. In fact, Fort Knox has never been fully audited to check, one, that the right amount of gold is there, and two, that the gold is actually scanned to make sure it's 100% pure gold. Do we generally believe that these ETFs hold the right amount of gold and it's all real genuine gold? 
it's hard to verify. You can't do it very easily and it's not very cheap to conduct a full audit. Plus storage of gold is very expensive. So that also weighs in the cost of an ETF. Bitcoin on the other hand, doesn't have any of those problems. You can verify Bitcoin holdings simply by having the wallet address. And if you own the Bitwise ETF, they publish their wallet address. So you can check that the Bitcoin is where it says it is and how much they're holding. By being able to verify how much Bitcoin each ETF is holding, that's how we knew that GBTC was selling off at the start of this year, which has caused some of the sell pressure in Bitcoin since the ETF was approved. Before the ETF was approved, GBTC held over 619,000 Bitcoin. But at the time of recording, that is down to 483,000 Bitcoin. BlackRock in the last three weeks has already amassed 63,500 Bitcoin with Fidelity 54,000 Bitcoin. We can easily verify that at the click of a few buttons. And for me, this is a game changer when it comes to storing wealth over the long term. You can't do this with gold. There's no way if you own a gold ETF of you verifying that that gold is where it says it should be in the right amount and the right purity. As I said, this doesn't happen in the traditional world. There's an element of trust that the gold is where it says it should be. But without putting my tinfoil hat on, after everything we've learned over the last few years, why would you trust someone that they have the assets they say they have without verifying it? Well, you can do it really easily with Bitcoin, but you can't do it with gold. The fact that Fort Knox has never been audited seems like an absolute red flag to me. And there's stories all the time that gold is either just gold wrapped, it's not authentic underneath, or that it just doesn't exist in the quantities that people say it does, because no one's auditing each other. The great thing about Bitcoin and crypto is people are actually quite suspicious, especially after the FTX debacle, the Celsius, Three Arrows Capital, all blowing up in the last few years. We've now got people that literally spend hours per day tracking Bitcoin wallets, addresses, and checking their amounts match what they should have. Blockchain technology is game-changing, and as soon as traditional investors wake up to that fact, I think we could see a massive flow from gold ETFs into Bitcoin ETFs because it's basically the similar properties but enhanced even better. It's digital, it's verifiable and it's more scarce than gold because no one can mint more than 21 million. Now overall I don't think there's any debate that the Bitcoin ETF is going to force price higher in the long term. We've got a supply shock coming in April this year due to the halving. We've got another one in 2028. And as more people learn about Bitcoin, they are going to expose themselves to the ETF, especially through pension funds. The biggest driver for me, though, is lack of trust in the traditional system. People wake up to the problems of fiat currency and Bitcoin is the escape hatch. It's the lifeboat. So as more people discover this through inflation, through fraud, through nonsense monetary policy, I can see the demand for Bitcoin only growing. And that's where I think gold does get sucked in with fiat currency. It's controlled by the same people. If they would manipulate the money supply, they would lie, they would commit blazing fraud with fiat currency, why wouldn't they do the same with gold? Now, don't get me wrong, I still see a valuable place in the world for having some exposure to gold. I hold some gold through the Golden Thematic on Swissborg. If you don't know what that is, check it out. We've done a podcast on it. It's a great investment vehicle. But... I just think the demand for Bitcoin ETFs is going to overtake gold and we will see 
some movement out of gold ETFs into Bitcoin ETFs in the coming years. Okay, that's my take on the ETF. Obviously, we know it's a massive deal for the industry. Didn't want to come on and talk too much about price. Just wanted to highlight something unique about Bitcoin. Thanks very much for listening. We'll catch you again soon.